Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen. And oh, before we get into this, by the way, so I went back and listened to our pre-recorded intro that we always play at the beginning. And you're right. I do say Kristen and Rebecca, but when I do it live, I always say Rebecca and Kristen. Okay. I knew I was not crazy. That one day, it just threw me so off because I always listen to the podcast. And I guess in my head, I just hear the beginning. And then I kind of tune out once we start talking until like we get into more of the nitty gritty. And I just thought that day, did you say it backwards? Like, it just like threw me off so much. Okay. That makes me feel better. I'm not nuts. And I never listen to the intro of our own podcast. I always do the thing where you hit the button and it like fits forward through it. So yes. th- this entire two years, I didn't realize that I was, I had flip-flopped them, but I, at least I've been consistent. Like the, the pre-recorded one, I say Kristen and Rebecca, but then when I'm introing us just into our, well, we come into the episode, I always say Rebecca and Kristen. <laughs> Well, I guess that's good because we get balanced introductions first. I think in the original one, we introed you first because we did it alphabetically, like K, then R. And then for some reason, you just always introduced me first and then yourself second, because maybe like grammatically when you would say like she and I, or, you know, whatever, I don't know. So interesting. I think I just, I mean, I must've just thought it either sounded better or something because I know for sure. I always say Rebecca and Kristen, that's why when you brought that up, I was like, uh, no, I always say this. So yeah, at some point I just flip-flopped them. So, okay. And another thing, gosh, you know what, when you produce your own podcast, there are so many things that happen. (laughs) I I feel like I need to say this because of last week I was so nervous to do our podcast for me to say, Hey, like I'm going to compete again. I'm, I get to be USOA's Mrs. Ohio 2024. And I flipped the audio. So our intro came at the end and then it just like started in like a cold open. And until you listen to the whole thing, that was so embarrassing. I was so upset. I was, I mean, I went in and flipped it back and I called you and I was like, I messed it up. And you're it's like, sort of uh, like an episode of The Office where they just start with cold open. Yeah, except for this was like me introing that I was competing. And so <laughs> if, so no one probably knew what I was talking about until they got halfway through. And they're like, oh, wait a second. This is what's going on. Unless unless your phone didn't do the automatic download thing, which mm-hmm. but I feel like most people's do. So I guarantee like 75% of our listeners heard the blunder. I was so upset. I was so embarrassed. We're just keeping it real over here. We That's what we talked about so much during that episode too, is being relatable and being real. And if anything, that just shows we are the most real people out there. We are definitely not perfect at anything we do. We have errors just like everybody. And we do this ourselves. We don't have like a professional person doing this for us. So, hey, things happen. And if that's the worst that happens, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, we, but we've gotten so much better at it that at this point, if 
someone did want to do the editing and stuff for us, I would feel like I would just be like, no, 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 we've, we've had too many learning curves that we've gotten to at this point. Like we finally know what we're doing until last week happened. And then I'm like, okay, maybe somebody else needs to do this. I cannot believe I did that. I was so mad at myself. I really think it was just all the nerves got to you about like the big announcement and putting yourself out there. And had it not been your big announcement, it probably would not have happened. No, of course not. And yeah, I was so wound up about it. And then remember the only reason it was broken up into two was because I was like, Oh, I didn't like that intro. Let's re record the intro and then I will cut it. (laughs) If If you wouldn't have been so harsh on yourself and just let yourself be real and be who you are, it would have all been fine, but it all worked out. I'm sure everybody got the update really quickly. It fixed on my phone really fast. So I'm sure everybody else got it too. Don't overthink it. Well, no, it's too late. I already did and it's fine. But I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just, you know what? I will say though, I'm just glad that our listeners aren't like really harsh, critical people, or if they are, they just don't let us know because I feel like that's something someone could totally troll us about. And I didn't hear really any complaints. Like I heard, I got some messages saying like, Hey, just letting me know, but no one was like mean about it. Oh, they did. They let you know that it was messed up. Uh, Yeah. I had a couple of people message me and be like, Hey, just so you know, it sounds like when you were introing, it might be at the end at like the last minute, but at that point I had already fixed it. And so there wasn't anything I can do about it. And so I was like, Oh, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Well, I have only ever gotten such positive feedback. So I just love all of our listeners and appreciate our pageant buzz community so very much. Another funny thing. Okay. And then we can move on to what we we're actually going to talk about. But so on my USOA's Mrs. Ohio page, um, because I had announced it on the podcast, I just wanted to throw out kind of like a couple of fun facts about you know, where our listenership was. So I put out a poll just saying like, okay, the U.S. is the number one country for our listenership. Who's number two? And you put in an answer and it wasn't even right. (laughs) I was just guessing. You were like Canada question mark? I had no idea. I, I look at it so infrequently. Like you and I never really look at our analytics, which is terrible. So I had looked at like the total number of countries with you one day and we had kind of gone through it and we look at it about every six months, but I just could not remember it. And I couldn't remember if it was Australia or Canada. And so I just put it in there and I didn't actually go like check it. I know. Well, I laughed really hard because I knew that's why, because (laughs) I would have done the same thing because we never ever go through it, which you're right. We need to be better about going through and looking at it. And I had to check it too, just to see. And I was like, huh, there, there's Germany right there. Did I, I didn't even think that when I looked it up, I was like, it's very interesting. Is that about like a huge pageant country? Not that I'm aware of. No, the Philippines is in my mind, the biggest pageant country in the entire world. Right, which they're they're on the list, but not as it. They just weren't number two, and so yeah. When I saw that, I was like, "That's very, very interesting." Now, of course, since we check every six months, I haven't gotten super good at 
figuring out like, is this our overall data or is this just for that one episode? So I might have to look a little deeper, but when I looked at it, it was the United States and then it was Germany. I wonder, and this is just me kind of thinking off the cuff, if there are a lot of U.S. military bases in Germany where we have listeners who are maybe military spouses who are interested in competing or have competed or are current contestants that listen. That's true. I mean, yeah, it, it could be, there could be a bunch of different ways to explain that but it, it just was like I was like okay but yeah I loved how you threw in your guests like everybody else <laughs> I didn't know I was like I don't know I'll just I I think it, it could be Canada I don't know I know that would have that would have made sense and Canada is on the list I mean well and then I don't know there were some random countries like way down low on the list too that were really funny that I was just like man wonder wonder how that goes like what are they list? why are they listening to it are we just playing in somebody's car over there it's really mm-hmm. it freaks me out a little bit does it you to think about it I try not to think about who is potentially listening at the same like when we, I'm sharing and talking because I, I try to treat it just like I would a pageant interview where I just think about I'm just having coffee with a friend even though I don't drink coffee. And I don't know why I always use that analogy because I don't drink coffee, but I'm just sitting with a friend or a new acquaintance or a friend of a friend getting to know them. And I don't think about like, I'm potentially talking to thousands of people because if I thought about it like that, I think that would freak me out a little bit more because we do get pretty open and vulnerable on the pod. I know. I talked about my health stuff. And yeah. I was very candid about it. <laughs> yes. Which is sort of what I would like to talk about today. And that gives a, a perfect transition into our topic today, which I think we um, should maybe give a little context to. So in the recording time of this episode, if you are listening live, we are in the first couple weeks of November when this episode will release. And this is in the United States, since we have so many international listeners, this is the beginning of the winter months here. It's not officially winter yet, but the time has just changed for daylight savings time, if you um, recognize that in your state. And it's starting to get dark earlier, and it's really a unique time where if you struggle with seasonal affective disorder, it can start to really hit you, which that is something I struggle with and I have my entire life. So it's really hard for me in the winter. I do feel a significant change in my energy levels, in my emotional health, in my mental health, and I really struggle in the winter. And so I thought it would be a good idea for us to talk about how to stay motivated for your goals in the winter months whether you have winter months in the summer, like in the Southern hemisphere, or you have winter months now in November through January, February, like we do here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Do you struggle at all with seasonal affective disorder? I a little bit. And it just depends on the type of day because I mean, not that I like the bitter cold, but it's almost like the gray and the wet winter. So when it's like sludgy outside and everything's like wet and gray and cold, not like the fluffy snow 
days where the sun's out, but right. Yeah. It's when it's gray out. I think to me, it's the not having the sun and like when the sun is behind the clouds all day and then it's dark at 5 p.m. and you don't feel like you got outside at all when the sun was shining and it's just so dreary. That's when I start to feel really, really out of sorts. Mm -hmm. I know. And that's probably, I'm sure that's part of what it is too, is the fact that like you get off work and after work's supposed to be your time kind of with your family and it feels like the day's over because it's dark already. And so yeah, it's just like, like ugh. who wants to go run errands or go do an activity at night when it's dark from the second you walk out of your office on? Or for me, I work at home and the minute my kids get home, I feel like it's already dark and I don't want to go do anything. I want to just cuddle up on the couch absolutely do nothing look at my christmas tree and go to bed at 7 30 and that is mm -hmm. like that i feel like gets me in this really weird cycle of sadness and i just don't feel motivated i don't want to exercise i don't want to eat super healthy i don't even necessarily have a, a great appetite during that time i just feel really off and so i have spent the past couple of years really trying to figure out how to battle it. And I thought it would be helpful to talk about some of the things I do to help me battle the seasonal affective disorder, as well as just general like mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you said you wanted to talk about that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a good idea. So I will start with sharing some things that I think are really helpful for me. And I know that not everybody is going to like resonate with every single thing, but these are the things I find really helpful. So some of these are like so basic, but I, I don't have, I, like, I, I don't do them every day. I have to sometimes force myself to do them. And that means if I'm having to force myself to do them every day, then other people are probably struggling with the same thing. So I know that some of these are so basic, but I do think we should share them anyways. Number one is I get up and put real clothes on every day, like different clothes than I slept in every day. Even though I work from home, I don't stay in my pajamas all day. I Even if I just get up, take a shower, put on like workout clothes or whatever it is, I take a shower and put something different on every single day than I slept in. And when you work from home or you're a stay-at-home mom, that is not something you have to do because not everyone sees you like you it's not a requirement especially in the winter when you're not like leaving your house or anything but it is such a mental lifesaver to do that get up take a shower put some makeup on like make yourself feel like a person and not just like you are a you know vegetable that never gets dressed I feel like that's something for me that is so important and has really been a game changer yeah. And you, and I've heard too, um, people talk about how, when they are like kind of just in the middle of maybe having a really hard time or, um, you know, stuck in that depression loop, as long as they can just get up and brush their teeth, like that tends to help. And then they do like one extra thing and they just do what they can, but the things that they are doing, it's taking care of themselves because it yes. really does help. Yeah. And 
another thing like right along those same lines are in the winter, especially I love at night to take a bath at night, like an Epsom salt bath. I love to like light candles and take a warm bath. I love to drink magnesium at night. Um, I drink this magnesium drink called mellow and we can link that if people are interested, but I make my mellow, take a really warm magnesium or Epsom salt bath. And I just like listen to a podcast or watch a show or whatever and take some me time. And I feel like those two things are really like critical for my mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, I don't like baths. I'm definitely not a bath person, but. I did not used to be at all, but I have such weird like body temperature issues where I get really, really, really cold and taking a warm bath in the winter when it's so cold outside is one of the things that when I get in bed, I'm already warm. And so I can sleep a lot easier. I don't have Mm -hmm. to like warm up once I get into bed. Yeah. I've, I've really battled insomnia for a really long time, like horrible, bad insomnia and taking that warm bath really did start helping me being able to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that is helpful for me is which this I'm literally in my room right now and I'm looking and I have so much laundry absolutely everywhere. That's half of it's folded, half of it's waiting to be folded. But I know that I just feel better when there's not as much chaos and clutter. So if my bedroom's nice and clean and I don't have all this laundry situation going on, it that like I feel like takes weight off of me and just helps me feel like I have my life together and it just makes me feel happier. Absolutely. So once I started working from home a few years ago when I started coaching full-time before I started coaching again part-time and then working again, um, I didn't have help anymore. Like I didn't have cleaning help or anything like that because I was home So I decided during that time, I would break up my cleaning into one thing a day. So even if it was just like clean the counters on Mondays, Tuesdays, vacuum, Wednesdays, like clean out all the, take out all the trashes, whatever, like every single day I do one thing and it makes me feel accomplished. Even if it's like the tiniest thing, like clean the bathroom mirrors. It's so takes me five minutes, but I feel accomplished and my house doesn't get out of control. And I, Mm -hmm. I, then I can do like a full clean of my whole house, you know, on the weekends when I have more time, but I feel like that helps me keep up a lot easier than when I was working out of the, out of the house. And I had somebody come in and helping me like clean the house more often Now it's just, I do one thing every day. If I can feel more accomplished, like it's sort of like that whole make your bed in the morning and you started off your day on a high note, like you've accomplished that one thing and it helps you accomplish more things. I feel like that does the same thing. Like I clean the counters. Now that's done. I feel good. This is finished. And it's so easy. It doesn't take very much time at all. And I really feel like that has helped me keep my house more like organized and not so chaotic. Mm-hmm. Are you one of those people that shaves their legs every day? Yes, you are. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not, I will only do it. Like if I, like, I feel like I need to, or maybe I'll just do like 
my shins, I guess if I really need to, but uh-huh. so if, but in the winter time, especially, I feel like that's something that I always do feel better when I get out of the shower and I'm like, and I just feel like, Oh yeah. Like I'm like exfoliated, even though it's not exfoliating. I literally just shaved my legs, but like that makes me feel better too. It's just the little things, taking care of your personal grooming, making sure you're washing your hair, making sure that you're getting your hair cut, like all those little personal grooming things. You always mm-hmm. feel better after you do them, even if it you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to take time for me to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of a psycho about hair in general. I don't like being hairy. So I'm <laughs> like, I shave my face, like microdermis or my, not microderm, my my, is it called my, what is it called? when you Microblade. Microblade. Yeah. I microblade my face. I, I shave my arms. I shave everything every day. Well, that's, you shave your arms. Yes. I have for years since college. Interesting. Okay. I definitely do not do that to my arms. I never have. I know I'm, I'm just a weirdo. Well, whatever makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. But I love it. And then I like put lotion on and I feel so like put together. I don't know. It just makes me feel happy. So I do it. Yeah. I think anything that's like just taking care of yourself. And another thing that I, I hate doing it because I feel like it just takes up time and it's a pain in the butt. But when I do my self tanner, because it's not like I'm going to get a spray tan all the time. I only will do that every once in a while. So I'm, most of the time I'm doing it myself and I just use the foam tanner, mm-hmm. but I'm like, okay. And I do it at night because I, even with the rapid tan, I feel like I have to sleep in it in order for it to really bake in my skin. I don't know if that's like even right or not, but I feel like the longer I keep it on, so I'll sleep in it, but then it's like a whole process. Cause then I'm like, okay, I'm going to lay down a blanket. So then I don't make Mm -hmm. everything in my bed smell like tanner. I don't, whatever I'm wearing, that's got to go in the wash immediately. So it doesn't smell like tanner. And so I I, hate the process of it, but I always feel so much better the next day when I'm like nice and tan. I have a confession. I have like not only a spray tan dress that I wear after I get spray tanned, but I also have spray tan pajamas that I wear to sleep after I got spray tanned. What kind are they? Are they just black so they don't get stained? No. So I wore them once after I had a tan and they got sort of ruined and I've just continued to wear them for my spray tan pajamas. Ew, that's weird. But I mean, they're they're not like, I wash them. They're not dirty. I'm just they're thinking not of these dirty, like these like pajamas just, that look like you rolled around in dirt. <laughs> no, they're not like dirty. They're clean, but they just I wouldn't wear them in public ever or like around people. But they they got like you know a, a spray tan stain on them, so I just now wear them anytime I have been freshly tanned, and I feel good about it because now I have. I have like a plan that I, this is what I will wear once I, if, if I put self tanner on or if I have a fresh spray tan, cause I think I've shared on here that I have my own spray tan machine and my husband spray tans me mm-hmm. not often enough. I need to do it more often. I always feel better when I have a tan. I do not tan naturally at all. My skin does not tan from the sun at all. 
So spray tan is all that works for my personal skin. And I always feel just so much happier if I have a little color on my skin and I feel more confident. I, I wish that I would get in a better schedule of just setting it up and having them spray me more often. Yeah, I used to have my own spray tan machine and it got clogged or it just like it literally stopped working. And so I ended up throwing it out. And now I just do actually, you know, it's funny. I loved the spray tan solution that I was using so much, but they didn't have it. They may have it now. I don't I just remember they didn't have it. And so I never even looked again. They didn't have it in a foam. So I bought just the regular spray tan solution and then I had an old Jergens foam tan bottle and I just poured it into uh-huh. the foam tan bottle. And so then it foams for me and I use that. I love that. Cause I really so, like, cause it's a, um, it's like a green or an olive base is what uh-huh. it is. And that goes on better. Like for my skin, I don't get orangey and I don't get like it also doesn't make me gray. It just makes me a nice olive color. Yeah, you found your your perfect match. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the Norvell solutions personally. Um, mine's called Mind Tan, and I put it in a foaming bottle. I wonder if they do have a foam now, though. It was a long time since I've looked. I'll have to check it out. Ooh, so wait, another really quick oh, something I want to tell everybody about that I found that I think I'm going to order. It's a self tanner silk. It's almost like a sleeping bag and you put it on your bed after you've tanned. Oh, this is a great idea. I know. I just thought about it because I saw it the other day and I was like, oh my goodness, I really need to order that. And it's like this black silk little sleeping bag looking thing. And you put it on your bed and there's a flap that kind of goes over your body. And so then you can have your regular blanket. And it's just and it for tanning. Your sheets. Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic idea. Let's both order it, test it out. If this is a good idea, then, and it works, every pageant girl needs this for nationals and state because I always feel bad if I get spray tan on sheets at the hotel. Well, and usually for pageants, I feel like they don't come in and probably um, turn the bed over to, like they normally would probably. So then right. you end up with these like dirty spray tan sheets the whole time you're there. Yeah. Or, you know, like if somebody else is sharing a room with you or whatever, you don't want them to have to like sleep in your spray tan. Have you been, have you ever gone to a pageant and you've had to share a bed? Well, not as a contestant, but as a watcher. Yes. Oh, like when yeah. I go to, na- like when oh, I go duh. to nationals, yeah. you know, to, go watch Mrs. America or whatever I usually share a room with multiple people um you know I always have people coming in and out of my room to share the room with me and this past year at nationals I definitely had my one of my bedmates get spray tan on the bed I'm not going to call her out on this podcast but she knows who she is and then then <laughs> she it's had not me. it's not me it was not you and then she had her own room the next night so she went to her room and then a different girl slept in that same bed the next night in her spray tan sheet. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not even thinking about being a spectator, but you're right. You go to so many pageants that you do right. think of it like that, where you're like, well, you'll share a room with like your friends and stuff like that. Like if you and I were to go to a pageant, we could totally share a room and it wouldn't be right. crazy for four of us to be in a room. No. And that, you know, there were three of us in the room and 
not every night there were three because, but I was there for such a long time. And so many people just needed like to stay in the room for one night. And it was just so much more cost efficient. Like I was like, just come stay in our room. I don't mind sharing a bed. Like I'm not a kicker. I don't have any issue. Like just come sleep in the bed. And so poor Mrs. World, Shailen Ford had to sleep in spray tan sheets from the (laughs) former person who had slept in the bed. Thank goodness she did. She knew who it was. She was like, oh, it's fine. I don't care. But I felt horrible to be like, I am so sorry. They didn't come change the sheets. <laughs> like, it's fine. I don't care. I'm just so tired. I just got off the plane. I just want to go to bed. Oh, my! well, and Shaylin has been like elbow deep in spray tan all things. So she's oh, probably like, sure. oh, spray tan, whatever. <laughs> but I love this idea of the little sleeping bag. Okay. okay moving, I'll back send you the to, done. moving back to ways to avoid um, seasonal affective disorder or kind of the doldrums or also just in general, like depression and anxiety. Something that helps me so much is talking to people. And I know this is not for everyone, but it's, again, I know I talk about this all the time, but I work from home. So I don't see people every day other than my family, which I adore my children. I love my husband, but it is very important to me to talk to not just text, but actually hear other people's voices like during the day, like calling you, calling my other, some of my other really good friends and just talking to them during the day, getting on FaceTime with them, Zooming, whatever that is, is really critical for me, for my mental health and not feeling alone. I think Mm -hmm. that is very critical, especially in the winter when Maybe there's, you know, ice on the ground or snow on the ground and you can't get out and go have dinner or have lunch or whatever your normal routine would be. If you don't have that social interaction, sometimes if you're a very big extrovert, like I am, you need that like human connection. And I think we all went through this during COVID and the lockdown time of not having face-to-face interaction and human connection, it is important to me to have that, like talking to other people, hearing other people's voices and feeling like I am a part of something and not just floating out in the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I am one of those people that thinks I don't need human interaction. Like for whatever reason, I always think that to myself until maybe all my friends aren't answering my calls and I'm just in the mood to talk to somebody and I'm like, where is everybody? And then I have to sit there by myself and I'm like, oh, and I get like really lonely. Mm -hmm. And I think for you, because you do have a job where you go into an office and you do have like face-to-face interaction with people, it maybe doesn't hit you quite as quickly as someone who stays at home with their kids or is working from home if you're in that position, it can really sneak up on you. Don't let yourself fall prey to that. Well, I don't, it's fine. You know, I have my kids, I have my husband, I have my wife, whatever it is, like you need to reach out to someone and make sure you keep your friendship strong. You you mm-hmm. can't let your adult friendships fall by the wayside because you're in this stage of life where you are so focused on your family 
we all get in this place where our kids keep us so busy. I, I totally empathize. I am, I've been there for the past 13 years now. My oldest son is 13 and I have been there so many times where my kids schedules keep me so busy. My personal schedule keeps me so busy, but I have to make time to talk to people. And one of my favorite ways to do that is when I'm driving somewhere, I always call someone. Like that is my favorite thing to make sure I stay in communication with people is every time I get in the car, I pick up my phone and I call someone because it makes, it just keeps me accountable to say, Hey, I'm driving to the store, but I'm, I know I I'm going to run in and I may have to hang up in five minutes, but I just want to call and check in. And it keeps that like relationship fresh and alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's my, my hack. That's my personal hack is like, get in the car, call somebody. And I try to call someone different every time I get in the car, whether, you know, like if it's multiple times a day or whatever, I don't call you every time I get in the car, but I try to just keep those people fresh and those relationships strong. But I also have those friends that I don't talk to physically talk to every week or every month. But when I do call them, it's like I just talked to them yesterday because we keep up via social media or texting or whatever. And we just have totally different time zones or whatever. And we can't keep in contact. But having those friendships is absolutely key for me for my mental health. Mm -hmm. No, it is because it's easy, I think, too, when the weather is like that and it gets dark sooner and everybody kind of shuts down a little sooner to just feel like you don't talk to anybody ever. And one thing I love so much, and I talk to you about this, I feel like too much is like doing like girls nights or girls like parties, especially in the holiday time. I love like a ornament exchange or a cookie exchange. I have hosted lots of them in my neighborhood. We have like such fun girls in my neighborhood. Having girls come over the holidays is the perfect time to like host something, plan it at your in your neighborhood, plan it at your house, at someone else's house, and say like, hey, everyone bring a dozen cookies or bring your favorite ornament, whatever the thing is. Everybody, let's just get together and see people in person. It's just really refreshing. And I don't think anyone will regret it. Yeah, you and this ornament exchange. So I've been to one ornament <laughs> exchange and it was, I'm I mean, so it was obsessed. Not- it was nice, I guess, to like go and see everybody. Like that was nice. But I le- honestly, I liked the ornament I brought better. I didn't even like the ornament I got. And so I was like, oh, I was very anticlimactic. <laughs> but that's what I love so much about the ornament exchange is choosing the ornament and trying to manifest that you will get your own back. I'm yeah, I very much my own. <laughs> I'm very much into also like drawing names or doing some type of like secret Santa thing. I love that. My Mrs. America class does a secret Santa. We have done it for the past eight years. I think this will now be like our ninth year or eighth year to do it. We all like have other, other states that we are their secret Santa. We don't tell them until it's over. Um, And we send them like a box and we have a, a dollar limit and we send them stuff and then they get it and we open it all together live. Oh, that's Zoom. really sweet. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. 
Oh, yeah, I like the, and I like the white elephants and stuff like that. Like that's really fun. And now I do like a good cookie exchange. I got invited to one this year and I'm very excited because um last year everybody left with like a ridiculous amount of different types of cookies and so mm -hmm. I'm super pumped about the cookie exchange. That's maybe more my jam, but either way and well and I think another thing is when you're feeling that way you don't want to go to things That's so you'll exactly get exactly what I was gonna say like even yeah. when you get like when you're in this place the last thing you want to do is get dressed and go you don't want to go but I, I, please listen to Kristen and I we are both telling you like we've been in your shoes we have felt the feelings you're feeling go even when you don't want to go go you this is what is going to help you get to the other side of how you're feeling so i'm probably going to say the thing that everybody knows and everyone's going to hate that i say it because it's very cliche but if you can get a workout in a couple times a week at least that will help and help you know release some endorphins and get you in a better mood and if you are feeling really stressed or a lot of anxiety, that is one of the best ways to get it out. Now, I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but that has been proven to be something that's very helpful is to have some sort of exercise routine, even if it's just a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. One year that I was really, really struggling with seasonal affective disorder, I went to hot yoga like three times a week. And I truly feel like it cured me from it I don't know if Ew, it was the yoga the, I know I know it sounds <laughs> horrible right sounds but there, there were these like infrared lights that were heating up the room and mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the red lights or the heat or the yoga or what it was or the routine but I was already doing like six workouts a week it wasn't like I had not been working out but when I added in the hot yoga, it was like the mental part of everything I was going through, like seasonally just went away. So mm -hmm. I know that everybody has different things and I hate being hot more than anything. I think maybe that has something to do with this new like medical thing I'm dealing with is maybe I've always been dealing with it. And I didn't know, but I don't deal well with being hot. I hate being hot. That's why I don't like the summer. But I do not know why that helped me so much. But I was just talking to my husband about it. Like maybe I need to start going back to hot yoga because I have never felt like better than when I was going regularly. Well, okay. So my sister swears by hot yoga also. She loves hot yoga. And yeah, well, and I've, I've tried to get into yoga. I've tried really hard, but, and every time I do it, I always think to myself, oh my gosh, this is why people with anxiety love yoga because it's so, you're doing these movements and you have to have so much focus on what you're doing and holding these poses that you have no time to think about anything else. And so I'm like, I get it. That's just how I interpreted the yoga. I know people are Did obsessed with it. Did you ever try the hot kind? Okay. No, I was, okay. My sister has been trying to get me to go and I'm like, I don't think I can, cause I don't do well if it's not temperature controlled. Like one time my spin class, the air conditioner wasn't turned on and it started to get really hot. And I got so, I mean, I would never say anything, but in my mind, I'm getting so grumpy because I'm like, I, I, okay, I, well, pay, I pay to be in a temperature. Thing. 
a temperature because controlled you, area. <laughs> you're, when you're in spin, you're that's a cardio and you're already hot and sweaty from the cardio. Doing yoga isn't cardio. That's a different thing. And the, also during the hot yoga, they raise the temperature slowly during the class. It doesn't start off at 200 degrees. I mean, you know it, what, I don't yeah. think it actually gets that hot, but it starts off like warm. And as you go through the class, it, the temperature raises. So it's not like it just immediately is so hot that you're pouring sweat and you're moving so slowly. And you can, they, the instructor tells you if it's a good instructor, they tell you constantly through the class that you are always free to take a break, go to child's pose, go to namaste, whatever you need to do. Like, I don't think corpse pose, I think is what it's called, not namaste, <laughs> but like, you can do whatever, like you never have to do what they're telling you or instructing you. You can always take a break and always rest and always drink water. They're always encouraging you to like take a break at any moment you need to. And what I loved about taking it when I was going regularly, if I can just tell you this, is there were people of every age and of every body type there. And it was so encouraging to just see like, people that were like senior citizens, people that were younger, people that were of every body type there, of every ability, of every level. Like it was very inspiring to see people that could Mm -hmm. do all kinds of like really cool stuff, but also people that could barely do any of it like me that were so, it was just very like level playing field. You, I did not ever feel pressure to do anything that I didn't want to do. And it, I mean, really, I feel very like compelled to go back to doing it, especially since I'm maybe like battling this like heart stuff or whatever's going on, because I feel like it would really like be good for me right now mm-hmm. because I yeah. don't know how at, like up for doing something harder, like really hard or intense right now. I think I just need to kind of be like gentle with myself and like, maybe that's the method I should be trying this winter. I agree. And I think when you do get a good sweat, it you do almost just feel like refreshed when you're done and like you got all the, I mean, that's part of why you sweat, I guess. I mean, not just to cool yourself off, but like you, you're supposedly sweat out those toxins and you probably do feel a lot better too when you leave. Yeah. So it's, and like, they always give you like the most positive message at the end and like this really encouraging, like mantra to take away. I just love it. I I forgot how much I love it until I'm talking about it now. Oh my gosh. Well, then you should do it. Yeah. If you were like super into it and you're like, man, this just makes me, even if you just go, like you said, because I know you really love this type of thing too. Like if you leave feeling like you got a good message, that might be worth it just in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. One last thing. I know we're getting a little bit long-winded, but I have one last thing that always makes me feel better no matter what I'm going through or what's happening mentally. And this is, again, I know it's not going to resonate with everyone, but it always makes me feel better. And it is giving back. Mm -hmm. Whether it is writing a check, giving a donation, give like donating, like use, you know, gently use clothes from the closet that you're not wearing anymore um, donating to a food drive. There's so many food drives. I feel like right now during the holiday season or actually going and giving of your time somewhere, I always feel way better after I have gone and volunteered somewhere and given my 
my time and known I did something to help others more than anything. That is the one thing that makes me feel like I am valuable and giving back and doing something to contribute to the betterment of our world. That is my absolute like best thing I can do when I'm struggling is to go volunteer somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- well, and I think a lot of people would feel better doing that. It would give them a purpose that they're not just helping themselves and their family unit, but helping out other people in the world. I think a lot of people struggle with where to give their time to. And I think a lot of people struggle of where to give their money to just because so much has come out in the last, you know, 10, 20 years about certain 501Cs and and even some religious organizations maybe not doing things with the money that people were expecting they would do with the money when they were giving. So I, I feel like that's where people have a hard time sometimes just knowing what's the right thing to do. Maybe we um, can come up with like a good list of places where, Hey, if you want to give your time, these are places that always need something. And we've talked a lot about doing a whole episode, especially during this season of giving of where to get plugged in. And I think that'd be a great episode for us to do because we could talk for a whole episode on where to give back one of, and just to give you a quick like volunteer story. One of my favorite things is I was a member of the Oklahoma City Junior League for 10 years, and we were able to get involved in so many organizations throughout the city. And I was able to volunteer so many places here in Oklahoma City, and I have continued to stay really involved with a lot of them, even now that I am a sustainer, which means I'm I was active um, in the junior league for 10 years. So now I'm like a sustainer, which means I'm like retired sort of from the junior league because I'm basically too old to do it. I mean, I guess I still could, but I've reached sustainer status. But I love to just go volunteer at the regional food bank here. And you can go and give three hours of your time. You can pack um, baskets of food that go to kids that are on like the low-income food program at schools across Oklahoma, and they give them right in the schools. So if a kid is on like um, free or reduced lunch, then these kids get these backpacks on the weekends, they take them home and they have food for the weekend. That's one of my favorite things to do. And it takes three hours of my weekend. I, I can go first thing on Saturday morning and I love going and being able to like come home and know I just help like a thousand kids have food for the next weekend coming up. It just makes me feel really happy and really good about myself that I was able to give my time and help those kids have food in their bellies. And it makes me so much more grateful when my kids say, you know, I'm hungry and we have food in the pantry. So anything that you can do in your community that is like that, that especially can benefit feeding children or like any kind of community garden or something like that, that you know of, those are the first places I can recommend off the top of my head. But I think we can definitely do a whole uh, episode on that. All right, let's plan to do that. Well, I like the couple of things we talked about. I agree with most of them. Some are hard to do, but once you do them, you're glad that you did it. So it may take you really forcing yourself to do something that maybe you don't want to do at the time. Yeah. And I know that 
um, when you hear us talk about this and you're going through this, you're going to be like, I can't imagine doing some of these things. But I'm telling you, at least from me, I am speaking from very personal experience that these are the things that have personally helped me. And I'm sharing them from the bottom of my heart that when I'm struggling, these are the things that help me get out of that really horrible, low feeling. I have never been officially diagnosed with depression, but I have been diagnosed with anxiety and I definitely struggle with seasonal affective disorder. So if this is something that you're struggling with, obviously, please reach out with a professional for medical help or professional help. But if this is something that you feel like could potentially help you, please just give it a try and see if maybe this is something that can help you turn your day around and really help get you on the other side of that feeling where you just don't want to get out of bed for the day. All right. Do you have a Chris's question for me? Okay. Are you ready? I have been in mock interview mode like crazy for some junior high girls lately. So that's kind of where my mind is in that junior high level. So I, I don't only coach Mrs. Contestants, which I think maybe not all of our listeners know. I coach littles as well. Um, Not super littles, but some younger contestants. So I'm going to give you a question that's sort of more geared towards that age range. Okay. Okay. What is your dream job and how will you achieve it? My true dream job would be to podcast nonstop all day long. I would love to have a pop culture podcast. I'd love to have a marriage podcast with my husband. I love our pageant podcast. I would just like to talk all day long, which I know I just said earlier in the interview that I don't think I would need to talk to people, but I think if I was doing podcasting, it's just my way of blogging and getting my opinions out there. And it's the most fun way to do it that I've ever found. So I would say my dream job would be podcasting. I love it. So cute. So fun. And if I could add on to that, if you would want to host a Bravo podcast, I'm a hundred percent thought to start that with you. Okay. I would love to start a Bravo podcast or, I mean, really, I, even though you say Bravo, but you follow all pop culture and I feel like so much of all of pop culture wraps itself into Bravo that it could truly it could be, a pop, be culture. a pop culture. Yeah, you're right. It's not, I, I don't just follow Bravo, but I feel like it overlaps into Bravo so much. <laughs> That's it what does. I is. I say Bravo because I feel like people understand what I mean when I say that. If I say pop culture, I don't want them to think I'm talking about like Travis Kelty and Taylor Swift. Like that is not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, I know like the nitty gritty weird stuff that like no one else knows about. Like everyone knows about those things. I know about like somebody's conversation backstage at a thing that only one person heard about that now <laughs> got out, got put on Reddit and I somehow found out about it. Like those are the things I know about. And it just like lives in my mind, Grant Prix. All right. Well, you can follow us at pageant buzz pod on Instagram. And as Rebecca always says, don't forget to sparkle. This podcast is produced by the fearless network. Always be fearless.